The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Pollard streaks in. Your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's time for a Friday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. You know what that means. Doggone right. For the first time in the brand new SWBC studios, it's a Say It With Your say Chest with your Friday. Say It With Your Chest, y'all. I need to hear some Donkey Kong. D.K. Donkey Kong. No, not a Super Mario guy? Okay, good talk. <laughs> I don't know about the, the chant. I got you, I got you, I got you. Thank you very much, Beamer. Beam's in the back, like, like yelling it. I've seen D-K. the movie like 10 times. I know you have, because you have, you have children. <laughs> got the kiddos after it, right? Who's Mario? Dang it. Stop it. Dang it. <laughs> don't even. I actually had a Mario reference on the call last weekend. Did you? It's yeah. a me. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll uh, have to come go back and get it. Yeah, thank you. Was that, was that Malik Davis when he heard it? Was oh, that Malik? Yeah. It was Malik, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, he so went he, up and... Ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hit the, hit, hit the block. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. Malik Davis. Practice squad Malik Davis. Oh. As he makes his way to the practice squad. He's still around, so that's good. That's really good for the Cowboys. couple guys able to do so. But we are here on a Friday from the Star in Frisco. Hope everybody has a safe weekend, of course. But beforehand, we're going to give you some listening to go into your weekend with Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Nick Harris, I'm going to let you start talking points today. I hate, uh, I'm, I'm trying to ingest a kolache at the moment. Oh, oh, should I go away from you? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. It was a potato, egg, and cheese. How was it? It, it was phenomenal. Okay. I, shout out to us. Uh, wait, you brought it. I did. You it. brought it. It's okay. Isaiah's spot, but okay. I was the one okay. that brought it today. Mm-hmm. Shout out mm-hmm. to both of you. Um, <laughs> Only a w- Emmy Award winners oh, find those type of uh, places. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know about those no, things. Those no poor people. <laughs> yes. um, talking points. Okay, 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 okay. Um, I guess we could talk about um, the practice squad was filled out since the last time we talked. Lost Isaiah Land to the Colts. A little bit of old news, but I, I guess we could touch on it. You know, I, I want to talk about Isaiah Land because... A lot of fans are really upset by the fact that he, um, you know, that, that the front office let him go. Um, but think about it. He's in the deepest position group in the entire team, by far, by, by a long shot. Um, they would need that spot somewhere else. And we're talking about a guy who would have been number 53 on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's some unreasonable... Um, Disappointment in there. I, I, disappointment is valid, but I, to go to the extreme that I think some fans have gone, I don't think it's that huge of a deal. Um, I, I really like how they filled out the um, practice squad. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting that Jabril Cox went to Washington, uh, lost in his Houston to New York. Th- those were there was a lot of NFC East on NFC East crime. Got Sean Houston from the Giants, uh, backup interior lineman. So. Um, yeah, a lot of inside trading there, I guess. But um, other than that, I, I like the way they filled out the practice squad. So who's the obvious guy that shouldn't be on this team so that they can have Isaiah Land? Mm. On the 53? Yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> no, you don't want to say it? Uh, I, I, Just I give think a position. Answer, I think the answer would be Hunter Lipke. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> your that's guy. That's why I couldn't say it. That's your guy. I'm the president of the fan club. Yeah. <laughs> It, it comes down to a numbers game, though, at that it point, does. right? It really does. We're, I'm looking at the roster right now. I don't see a lot of obvious answers here. No, I, I think it, it's just the numbers game of a, it being a crowded room. I mm-hmm. mean, Isaiah Land did what he could in the preseason to shine. He played well, but a lot of times whenever he played really well, it was in the third, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, whenever he was playing against the reserves of the reserves yep. uh, in, in the preseason action. So it wasn't like he flashed against starting offensive linemen in the early parts of the yep. game or he was going up against rookies that were – Top three round, four round draft picks. There's that you just were going some overrating that goes on this time of year. Overall, yeah, like, one thousand. A little bit. Name all those Cowboys that they've lost. That just man, Matt been Moore. So different if you keep them. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Moore. Moore Matt geez, Moore, that was man. the one guy. You got to maybe. I think they got to have at least maybe a sixth trophy, maybe a seventh if they kept more. Huge. <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot to, to. I mean, come on now. What are we talking about here? And this is a team yeah. that is is loaded on defense. It's not like man, they let this guy go. To, like, if if everyone's healthy. Like, you're talking about an edge-rushing rotation that he's never going to see the field. No. 
Yeah, I think when is the last time I, I saw Todd Archer kind of ask the question. Todd and I you know, talk about this all the time. You, we always laugh about this time of year how people get so bent out of shape over like, yeah. somebody let go, and you're just like, name someone that that they've let go that you're just like, man, that would have changed everything. That would that would that's such a, a huge loss. A lot of times it's like cuts either after the 53 man roster, or it's trades, and it's it's if they're going to lose somebody that's significant, it doesn't happen at this point in the process. It goes either later on or at some point early in the process whenever they already make a decision on a guy and they've also had a lot of success probably more than most on undrafted rookie free agents that Mm -hmm. they've brought in over the last decade plus maybe even longer than that you probably go back to the beginning of you know the 60s i'm sure that they you know gil brandt i'm sure was finding guys that if you go back and look but i'm just saying like this this, there's never been this like make or break guy that they've let go you're just like man that would have made the biggest difference in the world but it's the NFL gets some of the blame for this, though, because of the fact that the NFL does a good job of making everything seem like it's a holiday. Mm-hmm. Everything's a holiday. The schedule release, first preseason game, second preseason, third preseason game, roster cuts. Dude, I, that's one of the biggest reasons that surprised me that they cut. Well, actually, you know what? Let me take that back. That's probably why they did it, so that it'd be only one day of roster cuts, because then it's a real holiday. It can't be a holiday if it's like, well, we're going to cut. Eh, 15, 20 guys, and then we're going to cut another couple, 10, 15 more. No, but when you have to trim the entire roster and everybody does together, <laughs> that's a big thing that everybody can talk about, a lot of talking yeah. points. But I, I'm not even, this isn't just a Cowboys thing. I'm talking about like all the teams. Who oh, yeah. was let go that you were just like, man, you got to get that guy right now? Nobody. Yeah. Not really. I mean, it depends on the needs of the team. Like Dallas goes out and gets a couple guys, interior defensive linemen for the practice squad, interior offensive linemen from New York. You go and get those guys. But other than that, I mean, there's not like a massive guy out there that should be talked about in that regard. There were a couple of quarterbacks that were interesting, but this team specifically doesn't need any more. But I guess other teams could have used. Like, I'm surprised Bailey Zappi cleared waivers and sure. ended up back in New England. Oh, that, that surprised me a little bit, but... Where did Max Duggan end up? He ended up back at the Chargers. He did. He yeah. cleared waivers and went right back. Interesting. A couple guys there back and forth. What was what was cut day like for you, Isaiah? It sucked. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I I'm got just cut a lot. Yeah, I'm not not throwing <laughs> shade by any means. <laughs> no, nah, man. I mean, it's, you got to remember, when I came here, it was super competitive. The team was loaded up, you know, pretty similar to how it's loaded up now. I mean, rosters was pretty stacked. We had 13 pro bowlers my, my rookie year here in Dallas. Um, I was battling a ton of injuries, so I was personally, I was always overcoming something, right? I was trying to figure out how to play a new position. I was overcoming injuries. I was trying to have an impact on the team, so there was a lot of stress that I was always on, so cut day was always stressful Mm -hmm. um, because there was never a time that I felt, aside from our first year, that I felt like I was just in the clear. Um, So you you feel for those guys, at least I feel for those guys now because it's it's super stressful. I mean, you people need to understand, you sign a contract, Okay, say you sign a contract, you're going to make a million dollars. All right, that's that'd be awesome, right? So you sign a one year contract, million dollars. That doesn't mean you're getting a million dollars. No. Right? In almost any other industry, you sign a contract that says you're going to get a million dollars, you get a million dollars. Not in the NFL, right? They are going to do everything they can to bring in as much competition to ultimately possibly weed you out. So that contract that you sign, there is absolutely nothing that you can do. Nothing that you can do and to make sure that you get your bread from that aside from put your best foot forward and hope that that's enough, right? So when you got guys like, you know, Isaiah Land or or I don't even know who else you want to you throw out there that are trying to make the right, Malik Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Right in the mix. Sean know, McEwen. Sean McEwen, guys that are like resting their head on this money and, and you're trying to live your life on a potential salary. Life is hard. And I know a lot of people at home are going to say, oh, they're making this much money. I get it. I get it. It's all relative. Some, it's of, all, those, some of those thoughts are going through my mind. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking about yeah, things. For that, sure. I mean, I'd love to play in the NBA. It's, but, it's all know, relative, right? So, I mean, you think about most of the guys, if this was not, if this isn't where they're from, they most likely have a residence back home. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then you have a residence here. So you're paying, call it a, maybe a mortgage and uh and rent. And, and rent, right? So you're paying mortgage and rent, right? You're going back and forth, so you got to pay transportation costs. You're getting taxed in the highest tax bracket, right? If you're just in that high tax bracket, now all of a sudden you're getting taxes if you're making, you know, big boy money when you're really just barely scraping that tax bracket. Yep. So you're getting taxed a high percentage. You're paying a percentage. I always say, you know, depending on your faith, right, you're paying another 10% towards that. You're paying another 3% to your agent. So, I mean, you're under 50% of what you see in these contracts. And that's if you even make the roster. 
right? And even after you make the roster, unless you're a, a, a seasoned veteran that if you're on the roster day one, you know, you're guaranteed. That's why some of this stuff kind of kind of still happens going back and forth in terms of practice squad now. Um, you'll see some veterans on a practice squad through week one, and then all of a sudden they end up on a, on a regular roster because mm-hmm. now they don't have to guarantee their money. But even after that, imagine having that contract and still not having the assurance that you can make a check the next week. Yeah. Life is stressful. Every single day. And all of, a lot of people that are on salary make a lot of decisions based upon their family, based upon their home, and, and the rest of their life based upon the money that they know is going to come in. You can't live that way in the NFL, and it sucks. A, a really quick story that was shared with me yesterday that I thought was really interesting, and it, it kind of aligns with the point here. I was talking to Trey Lance about how he's having to move his entire life back yep. out here to Texas. Yep. It's like, I just bought a house in San Francisco yep. last year, and I'm going to have to – I was like, do you still have to go back and get all your stuff? And he's like, yeah, we're going to have to figure that one out. And he's like, I'm, I'm up at the Omni right now for a little yeah. bit. So, and, and that's tough. That's that's really tough when you have to flip on a dime and move somewhere and be ready to go. One like of my the very next day. One of my female friends, she actually works with some of the guys here on the team, but she started a whole relocation company hmm. for athletes. That's smart. That's because smart. it's a real thing. It is a stressful thing. When I got let go from here, I luckily was able to keep my house, but I had to find a spot in New England days later. Yeah. You think they have like a scouting department? Like, oh, okay, I think he's going to get cut. We should start calling. Hey, <laughs> you know what? They are on standby. I can promise you that. But it sucks. Right? marketers. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to your, to your point, I mean, you got tax ramifications. You know, you're getting taxed every city, every state that you play a game in, you get yeah. taxed that game. You play a game in New York, you're getting taxed for New York for that week. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that, that the general public just doesn't understand, but it is a stressful life, man. And you're blessed to you're blessed to have the opportunity. But it does not come, especially for guys that are that are on the on the, the bubble. bubble or guys that are getting lower tier salaries in comparison, right? In comparison to their comrades. It's you're not balling. I'll put it that way. You're not in you're not just to Trey Lance's salary. Yeah, I mean Trey Lance is making he's making some okay. Yeah, he's probably okay. Yeah, he'll figure it out. <laughs> he'll figure no it doubt out. he'll Somebody figure it out. But it's just a logistics move a couple times. I mean, but I'll, I'll be all right. But the reality is I'll a lot of a lot of these bubble guys are in the same tax brackets or they have the same amount of commas in their in their account as everybody else that's listening to the show right now. Sure. Yeah. They got they so got one goes. they got one comma. Most guys have one comma. Well, I mean, that doesn't count you. The heck it don't. Everybody else. The heck it don't. The heck it doesn't. Most guys have one comma, and people don't put themselves – they create some kind of sense of separation between the athletes that they see on TV and themselves. And the reality is they're working just as hard as you are for for their job as you're working for your job. Typically the rookies here, they don't get a place until they make the team. There have been rookies that have been here since April, staying in in the Omni. They love it there, don't get me wrong, but that's – you know. It's fascinating. <laughs> it is. It's a it's a side of the game that you don't think about whenever you're watching on Sundays or whenever you're watching these preseason games. And of course, from a football standpoint and just a, a an overall caliber standpoint, the football isn't as good in the preseason as it is in the regular season, no doubt about it. But it means just as much for a lot of these for guys, sure. and that's not even an undersell. I mean, these guys are literally paying for their livelihood, mm-hmm. uh, playing for their livelihood in these preseason games, and, and, it, and it matters. It and really what's, their, what's their work experience, Kyle, if they if that was their last day of football? There's not a whole lot. Yeah. Because they've been working Maybe on the football. Maybe the degree they have. Everybody, I mean, I mean, even if you have a Coaching, degree, exactly. what's, your, what's your work experience? Yeah, absolutely. That's what matters. Right? Yeah. Everybody else, all your other friends have been going to school for the last four or five years, and they know exactly what career path. They've been yeah. doing internships, right? They already started the jobs. They already getting promotions. And here you are. I've been focusing on football, and all of a sudden football ends. And, yeah, I might have a I might have a, a, a business degree. Yeah, I might have a degree, but everybody has a degree now. Let's just keep it real, right? It's not what around. it used to be, right? Everybody has a degree, and you're sitting up there trying to figure out – now, where do I go? Let me go on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and try to figure it out and st- have, a, have a starter kit job. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality. And, and, and it sucks. And that's why you see so many guys with a lot of, a lot of this mental health conversations really starting to present itself because you're yeah. sitting there having to, oh, I was just on NFL Network playing playing in the game last week. And now all of a sudden I'm sitting at the crib and I got to figure out where my apartment is and how I'm going to pay for that. Can my checks stop? I don't have any other checks coming in past this week. All I've been making is what the thousand dollars a week for the Cowboys, whatever it might've been through training camp. And I don't have anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's the real, that's the reality for most of these players. And yeah. there's a lot of guys that are going through that right now and, and going through those those yeah. cuts. Now, the Cowboys did bring back all 16 players on their practice squad and, and uh, with a couple of additions. Uh, I don't even know how to say his last name. Do you know how to say his last name? What? We, you don't know how to say Willing- somebody's name? Are we talking about Willington? Willington. Prevalon? Is it Prevalon? As far as I know. Okay. I just, it I looks know. like, I know, isn't that weird? <laughs> the uh, he must have been before the 2020 draft class. Uh, he was de- 2019. Oh, okay. Oh. There it is. There it is. Uh, defensive tackle from the Bucks as Prevalon is now a Cowboys D tackle on the practice squad. Sean Harlow, offensive lineman from the Giants. But then you've got Malik Davis, Sean McEwen, Jalen Cropper, Earl Bostic, Tyron Billy Johnson, Brock Hoffman, Malik Jefferson, CJ Goodwin, Sheldrick Redwine. Josh Butler, Tyrus Wheat, Princeton Fant, Darrell Johnson, and Alex Taylor Prelau. So I'm angry at Nick. Why? What I do? I'm angry at Nick because I, I had bub- I had bubble guts a couple of days ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I told everybody why I had bubble guts. Why was it? Because the offensive line. Yeah. Right. What and, about it? And Nick told me that we were gonna my bubble guts were gonna be settled. He's gonna go get without, an offensive without line. having to drink pink drinks. Okay. Mm. My, my bubble guts were gonna be. I'm gonna have a solution for this. Have a little bra- black rifle. Yeah, I'm gonna have a little black rifle company to settle my That'll my work. bubble. <laughs> okay. But they went and got an offensive line. Place. It's not enough. <laughs> It's not enough. They got a practice squad off. It's not and enough. They got one though. Yeah. I agree with you. Though. They have to be thinking. This I way. mean, think yeah. about this. Worst case scenario, right? And I'm not putting this in the air, but I'm just saying this is reality. It sounds like you're putting it in I'm the air. I'm not putting it in the air at all. Okay. I want it to come back down. So it's like helium after a day. So <laughs> if something were to happen as random as what happened to Tyron last year, okay? Right there in the indoor. If something random like that happened, what is the state of your mind at that point? That you have to have somebody step up at guard because Tyler Smith is going back out to left tackle. Mm. And how do you feel about that? Oh, not great. But I don't think that they do either. I mean, they're not going to come out here and tell you this when they're trying to work a move for somebody. But I would be surprised if they're just sitting there and going... Yep, fifty three. We got her what we need. We're done. (laughs) Like they're just. I find it hard to believe that they look at the offensive line and go, "No, no, we're good. We're good." I mean, I mean, heck, even with Terrence Steele. Like I know everything's been great, had a schedule and all that. It's still a major. Still injury early. He's still early. From. Yeah, like yeah. There's no question that you look at the roster and you you automatically go to that offensive line depth. There's no question. It, it's kind of felt at times that they're trying to find more the left tackle replacement than the left guard replacement at times. Like moving Chumi yeah. Doga out to left tackle, I feel like he's more of a natural guard anyway. Yeah. But then Awesome Richards moving him to left tackle and giving him all those reps during the preseason specifically. So don't you feel more confident at tackle right now than you do at guard? Yes, because you uh, have multiple for sure. guys. For sure. Yeah, <clears throat> you, can, you can play musical Smith's chairs. Ability, but um, the part I don't feel confident about is that you don't have that swing tackle that like is the next that's ready to come up and and, yeah. Yeah. and, and play there. Because Tyler's been great at moving back and forth. He says all the right things. He is just like the way he's wired is. I mean, yep. like that just crazy draft steal that they yeah. were able to even mm-hmm. that. The, the thing that there were even questions about taking him in the first round, now that you get to see the whole picture. He's been amazing, but I still don't love the idea of having to be like, yeah, man, just be ready because you're going to play left guard this week, left tackle next week, maybe you get back to left guard. Like, I would I would love to keep him for a full Understood. season at Agreed. certain positions, yeah. you know, Agreed. and not have to move him all the time. I think with the tackle position and not having that swing tackle, he is your de facto swing tackle, but does that really – settled the debate at swing tackle i mean you want somebody to come up and step up in that regard but do you who do you need more do you need a swing tackle to step up yeah. or do you need a guard to step well, up what really gets wild though is if terrence goes down then because yeah. if terrence goes down then tyron goes back out to right yeah. then tyler it's smith a, goes left the that's left. the one where see swing swing yeah. tackle to me is a luxury Swing tackle is a luxury. If you can find somebody that can swing both both That's sides, so that, valuable in the league. That nowadays. is a luxury. So yeah. that I, I know we get we, Dallas has gotten used to having a swing tackle. So it's yeah. kind of like you know, just they're kind of like vitamins, right? They're, they're just used to, they're just used to having them. But it's not normal. It's not normal. So I don't rest as much pressure on that. I don't put as much emphasis on a swing tackle. But true guards, I do. I I definitely do Um, because you take a Tyler Biotis that, yes, he got the Pro Bowl and all that jazz, but I'm still not a gung-ho about Tyler Biotis. No disrespect to him. I just think when you start facing some of these these defensive linemen that the Cowboys are going to have to definitely handle this year, I need some dogs in there, and I need some dogs behind the dogs. Yeah. Right? So if something were to happen because this big boy football and injuries happen, they just do. Right. 
Look at every year of Mike McCarthy's yeah. tenure. That they haven't had a healthy offensive yeah. line. All and it's, just, it's unrealistic to think that offensive linemen are going to get through a whole year. On, on, it's on, not going to happen. It's just, yeah. yeah. So I don't feel like you got that that dog that you just like, okay, we're good. We're good. All right, go ahead, go ahead, get healthy, Kyle. You're good. We're straight. I'm going to be like, hey, Kyle, you, you, how you feeling? We good? You, you straight? You, you, <laughs> you want to push it a little bit? <laughs> hey, Britt, can we tape it up? No, we can't tape it up. <laughs> can't tape it oh, uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, no disrespect to any of the guys. I'm just saying that's just my sense of security right now. Yeah. I'm hoping. And I, and I know the front office does an amazing job. This is the most aggressive I've ever seen them in an offseason, in a regular season. Like, they're being super aggressive. I hope that continues. I hope they keep that energy to secure that position because chances are something will happen at some point in time. Yeah, it's it's bound to happen, and things are going to definitely come in and, and throw a wrench into things, and I don't want it to happen on the offensive line. And, and right now I think all of us would agree that's the number one position of concern on this football team, sure. right? Yep. I think it's offensive line. Other than that, you feel really good about this roster. You feel really Absolutely. good everywhere else. It's just the one spot, which is a crucial one. Yes. It's a little bit thin. And even the starting five, I feel really good about. Yeah. Starting five, solid. But yeah. it's after that starting five that where you, you have a bit of pause. All right. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we pay our our dues to a legend we pay our uh goodbyes to the legendary gil brandt and we'll also take your text messages 817-290-3298 we'll even take some phone calls here on a say it with your chest friday 888-855-2297 those are the two phone lines to remember go ahead and put it in your phone and continue to be a part of the talking cowboys conversation we'll be right back right after this Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back in, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. They finally sent us some swag. Black Rifle Coffee does a great job of taking care of us. If we could take my one shot here, I think Cowboys fans would really like this coffee uh overall because it's a gorgeous looking coffee can this is a vanilla flavored coffee beverage and it's got 300 milligrams of 
Freedom Fuel is what it said. That's right. Basically just caffeine. Called Go Juice. Go Go Juice. I had one of these before my game yesterday, before my high school play-by-play. How did that go? Uh, It was the best play-by-play I've ever had, and it was 41 to 3. Oof. I'm not. I'm. I'm semi kidding, yeah. but also the drink was fantastic. That was probably the only one of these specific cans I'm going to actually drink because it just looks so cool. But yeah, they hooked us up. So special thanks to Black Rifle Coffee. You can actually get these in the brick and mortars in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex very very soon. So if you're around DFW, you can get some of these Cowboys branded America's Team America's Coffee cans. All right, we do want to say some. Uh, some respects for Gil Brandt, of course, passed away earlier this week, Thursday morning, at the age of 91. Gil Brandt, who served as the vice president of player personnel for the Cowboys from 1960 to 1988. He was extremely involved in the building of this organization. He was extremely involved even up in, until his passing with the NFL, and he was always a trailblazer and somebody that uh, really paved the way for plenty in the scouting departments across the league. Nick, I know you you put the story on DallasCowboys.com after the news broke, but for the most part, uh, Cowboys Nation, a little subdued this week because of Gil Brandt and, and seeing him pass away, a legend in every sense of the word. Yeah, absolutely. I want to touch on a— You're muted, by the way. Can I get you down below? Where at? <laughs> on uh, uh, under the table. Under the table. I'll come over there. We'll start with John. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see this guy. I want to accidentally turn mine off too. But no. Uh, yeah. Test, I think test. the biggest the biggest thing is, you know, he had such a big impact on really they're building the Cowboys to what they are. You know, it's not like it's not like they just became the Cowboys in, in the '90s by winning Super Bowls. It was. Everything he did scouting-wise before that changed the game in scouting mm-hmm. to where it still has impact to, to today. I mean, it, it kind of sped everything up to where, you know, just the, the the idea of doing all this scouting and not having it all computerized and things like that, like, it just seems like so crazy that that just would seem like that's what you would do. Everybody would do that once there was, it came a time when, like, okay, now they're introducing computers. we got to be able to get all this information onto something. And he was the first person to do that. Now it's like it would be insane to think about not having that. Now you can bring up every clip of everything that you want off of stuff like that. And I think the big thing that also stands out about him was just his ability to find players um, that – at that time, there wasn't all the scouting services there are nowadays. I, I think there's a lot more players under the radar that he was able to find that um, at that time just people weren't able to you know, get out, and he had a knack for that, whether it be uh, guys that were maybe at a smaller school or it be guys that maybe weren't even football players first. They might have been really good basketball players, and he saw the vision of, hey, I can turn this guy into – he could be a good DB and things like that. So, yeah, there's, there's no question. I mean, there's a reason he's in the ring of honor. Yeah. yeah, there were a couple of things that I, I wanted to touch on. I have a good friend of mine, uh, one of the best scouters I know. His name's Donald Fusile. He is uh, an offensive coordinator at Graceland University in Iowa. He uh, sent me an excerpt out of a book he read about Gil Brand a couple of years ago. He sent it to me yesterday, and it was talking about the computer that he had had constructed to kind of formulate st- uh, prototypes for finding players. So it would give you a formula where you could go and look at a guy's roster, see a, see a guy's size, see a guy's intangibles, and put that together, and then they would go out and scout that guy. It was just easier to go find guys. And um, they said that this computer was, it sat on the ground. It was three feet tall and 12 feet wide. Wow. Uh, he brought a guy in from the Middle East to help construct it. He said the guy from the Middle East didn't even know if the football was stuffed or pumped. Um, but he came in and he brought the uh, he, he brought the computer in and that kind of helped them get going in the early times for, for the Dallas Cowboys to be able to scout players. And then that's how they started finding a lot of guys in the HBCU ranks and because those guys were having the, pro, uh, the prototype uh, heights size weight all of that uh, at that time you know that that led to everson walls being picked up as an undrafted free agent and you know so on and so forth so uh, i I thought that was really interesting and then also uh, the emphasis on finding multi-sport athletes was super cool too and um you know i think i believe he had uh, five guys on the first super bowl team that did not play college football which is which is absolutely fantastic so uh and you think about that whenever rico gathers comes in about like 10 years ago Mm -hmm. right so uh yeah very fascinating and very revolutionary to how we even do scouting today so yeah everything's owed to Gilbrandt. did you ever had a chance to, to interact with Gil specifically I did not I did not but I've heard a lot of the stories some of the things, things that you guys just shared obviously but um that's just one of the Cowboys legends and I, when you hear the word legend it's, it's about the impact even beyond your lifespan mm-hmm. so um the fact that they were um, able to honor him and give him his flowers while he was here that's absolutely awesome 
That's why it's important to do so for everybody yeah. else out there that has people that that may be um, on the cusp or even people that are not. Um, give people their flowers now um, so that they know that they're loved and appreciated. Um, and, and legends like him, they'll continue to live on forever. Their legacy will. Well said. 91 years old, Gilbrand. It was a full life. He lived it all the way up until the end. He was very active. Even on Twitter, he was making dad jokes on the final days uh, prior to, to him passing away on Thursday. So rest in peace to Gilbrand and certainly a, a legend in the building, a legend in the league, and somebody who will have that legacy live on for quite some time. But uh, excited to see the the fruits of his labor continue here in the Cowboys fans. And, and of course, as a Hall of Famer and as a Ring of Honor member, they're going to continue to, to mm-hmm. memorialize him as the season goes along, and that'll be really, really cool to see. All right, we talked about some text messages. We've got some good questions in here. Mike from Fort Lauderdale, he, he's concerned about Jordan Lewis, and, and I'll paraphrase his, his question here, but he's saying Jordan Lewis, very similar to a situation that Michael Gallup had last year. He's not injured enough to go on the pup list or to go on the IR list early on on but still kind of an uh, an in-between guy in those first four weeks of the season but John do you really feel like Jordan has a chance to return in a better form than Michael Gallup did last year because Gallup of course never really looked right whenever he got worked back into the fold yeah it's going to be tough just because of how significant that foot injury was for Jordan Lewis I think that everyone just needs a caution from thinking he's going to step in right away yep. and be the player he was before. He's going to need some time to catch up. I mean, he's been working on the side, and, and he's able to do all the movements that you need to do, but he hasn't been able to do it against NFL competition. So for me, I almost look at it as kind of like this is a sped-up training camp starting for him right now. So if you're expecting for him to contribute in these first few weeks, I don't know. I think that might be asking for a lot, but let him get kind of caught up to where he needs to be football-wise, and I do think he can contribute in – in several different ways. And also the other thing is that while he's going to have a lot of pressure that he's going to put on himself, because of the corners that are on this team, there isn't going to be as much pressure on him as there was with Michael Gallup where it's like, okay, Michael, you ready? You ready? Okay, you got to be our two, all right? Mm. Like, let's go. We, we, you know, we, we Amari's gone. This is your time. Now you have to step up. Like, if Jordan does that and steps up and plays at, you know, the level we've seen him in the past, that's great. But if not, you do have... <clears throat> Deron Bland playing in there, and then on the outside, obviously, with, with Diggs and Gilmore. So, you know, I, I I just know what type of worker he is and, and how dedicated he is and the type of player he is being around him now for a while. And, and he's going to do everything. It just But you also got to kind of keep this into perspective of, like, being in shape right now and being in football shape ready to contribute on Sunday is, is a little bit different. That's a phenomenal point. I think comparing it to Gallup last year, because Gallup was expected to be wide receiver too, and that never ended up working out. What would be the expectation, a realistic expectation, Nick, of, of Jordan Lewis and where he fits into this cornerback rotation? Yeah, working in uh, when the season starts, and then once we get to week five, week six, maybe we're seeing him full time. You know, playing the role that he was playing last year. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's all a mental game when it comes to those injuries. I think it's a little bit different from Gallup, just by the nature of the injury as well. Uh, so you know, whatever factors into that mental aspect of it, we'll see. But I will say with Jordan Lewis, I mean, since OTAs, he's been saying. I'm ready to go back on the field. So it's it's definitely – I don't think there's any mental lapse going on, but it's really tough to tell until you go between those lines. So I had an opportunity to run into Britt Brown while we were down there in Oxnard. And unfortunately, but fortunately, I spent a lot of time with Britt during my time here. And I can tell you that's a hard man to impress. It's a hard man to impress. It's a, it's a man that you have to earn his respect. And um, he is a freaking – boss at what he does um that's why he's so well respected around the league they try to steal him thousands of times he's dedicated to the cowboys so cowboys nation you're 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 lucky to have that man on your staff he's the dude he is that dude um i have never heard brit ever say this about any other guy except from jordan lewis and he told me that jordan lewis in regards to his injury because i was asking him about it and he said that it was a pretty substantial injury um I had a Liz Frank injury mm-hmm. uh, that I, they drafted me with the Liz Frank injury. I think this was that maybe a little bit different for sure. But they said, Britt Brown said, I have to hold this guy back. He said, I have to hold him back because he would be on the field already if it wasn't for us. His work ethic, his mental toughness, um, his steadfast spirit and all that he does. He said, this dude wants to be on the field. He wants to have an impact. He wants to be out there right now. 
we just have to we have to monitor him and we have to hold him back so that we can make sure that he comes back and actually can have an impact. I mean, he doesn't do anything too rash. So I thought that was major, especially from the, the, the where the source was coming from. He doesn't just give out compliments he does not. like that. He yeah. does not. Um, so that is very encouraging. Um, but to your point, John, you have to temper expectations. I could tell you from just my experience, I can't put this on J. Lou because hearing this from from Brad is awesome. Mentally and physically, there's two different things in terms of when you're coming back from an injury. You may physically be capable of coming back, but mentally, if you're not coming over that hurdle, mm-hmm. you're not going to even be a shadow of who you were before. So physically, they will let him back on the field, and they're letting him back on the field um, as they see fit. The mental aspect is the only is is up to him, and it sounds like he's in the right spot. It sounds like he's in the right spot. So, as long as he doesn't have any apprehension to making full speed cuts, you know, being you know hesitant before he makes a cut, like those are the things that prevent you from becoming that player again because you just don't have full confidence that everything's okay. But if you, once that's removed, I think you're going to have another great asset. Um, on this roster. That's awesome. Great insight overall. Now, because you have such great insight, we're going to go to your hometown and hear from one of our favorites, Maurice from Tacoma, Washington. Not hometown, but close to it. Stinky town, tag town. I mean, it's close to it. It's It's still the Pacific Northwest. I call it up there. Are you a UW fan? Absolutely. Okay, we're family then. Let's go. (laughs) There it is. What up, Maurice? How's it going, my friend? Hey, first off, I just want to say it's such a blessing to have you guys back on the air. It was so tough for us truck drivers who listen to you every day. Yeah, not to have nothing to do. <laughs> Man, it's a beautiful situation. But uh, my question is, everybody was really hyped up about Dak and, and how well he did in that game with the play calling. But I'm a little concerned to why not Mike take advantage of the time and the opportunity to really kind of zero in on your on your game and make sure you got it back. Do we think we should be concerned that he didn't take advantage of that opportunity? But yeah, that's my question. I'm going to hang up. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Maurice. Appreciate the calls as always. And, and keep keep working out there in the yeah. truck driving world that's a that's a tough gig as well but uh do you let's let's start with john i want to start with john on this one john. do you like the opportunity for dak to go in and play call in that final preseason game or that mike mccarthy probably needed that reps those oh, reps oh i'm fine with that on that i i i this isn't like i don't know since mike mccarthy took over he's always had someone in that last game call you know, the offense outside of the offensive coordinator, a lot of times been the quarterback coach. And I look at it as, so Mike obviously was on the headset too. I think that you can gain things from that because there had to be certain things that Dak was saying that Mike was probably like, yeah, let's not do that in that situation or, or, oh, this is what Dak's thinking here. Okay. That's, let me make a mental note of that. That's what he thinks when this stuff's going on. Like any of the, the reps, I'm more concerned on the, not getting the the ones out on the field for any preseason action, just mm-hmm. for the early part of the season, you know. It, it, I, and I get why they did it. You know, they don't want to get anybody hurt, and it also leaves some uncertainty for if you're the Giants. What what do we really expect from this offense? So I get why they did all of that, but there is a lot of questions about like how smooth is everything going to be early on in the season <clears> offensively. <throat> Fortunately for them, even if things sputter a little bit. This defense is so loaded that they're going to be in every game, even if yep. even if the offense isn't clicking. And if it is clicking, hey, great. Then here, here you go. You're off and running. I was watching the other day. I was watching that uh, the QB documentary on Netflix. And in that first episode, they talk about Kirk Cousins taking over. You know, new head coach, new system, and everything like that. And in that first game, like they were great, smooth. Everything went great, and they was just like. Oh, we got this. This is no big deal at all. And then the second game kind of got humbled against the Eagles. And, you know, there's going to be some ups and downs on the offense. So you just have to kind of expect that. But having everybody be healthy for week one, I totally get that. That that Mm -hmm. makes the most sense. Um, but I, Mike's been doing the play calling thing to answer the question. He's been doing it for a long time. He, he'll, he'll know where to go with uh, on this whole thing. So I, I don't think that that's of, of major concern. And I think that he probably did 
probably gained some insights on, on some things with Dak off of the way that Dak was calling certain things. Yeah, absolutely. It just allows for more chemistry. And, and I, I like what you said about uh, they're able to see what each other thinks in certain situations in certain moments because that'll just allow for more chemistry whenever those situations do arise during the season. I have zero problem with Dak calling the plays. It only allows for him to get more comfortable in the offense from an outside perspective. It's the the most invested he can be in the offense without actually playing in it. Mm-hmm. And then for Mike McCarthy, it allows for both of them to see how they think in certain situations. I, I completely agree. I think if Dak's not going to play in the preseason, the best way for him to hear Mike McCarthy and to see exactly what's going on in both of their minds is to call the plays himself and kind of have that open dialogue on the sideline. Do you ever get to call plays at any point? Yeah, I mean, we did in offseason for Just sure. Just offseason yeah. stuff? offseason stuff. I mean, there's two-minute situations I was able to go out there and call yeah. the plays um, for the most part, you know, the play call. What was your favorite in. play call? Hmm. Do I need to give you some time? We can go to our no, second break. I mean, some, of the things that you, some of the things that you're seeing in this offense now, I mean, this is pretty much the offense that I ran in college, yeah. I mean, West Coast. That's why I'm so familiar with it. This is running the ball. I mean, we ran zone read and things of that nature um, to utilize some of the speed that we have between myself and my, and my running back. But we did a lot of nakeds, a lot of bootlegs, a lot of spread. Um, try to put you in a situation where you had to make a decision whether you wanted to stick me or you wanted to stick my receivers. So either way, just trying to screw you. <laughs> I've always found the play calling aspect of the game super interesting. Like I'm just I'm always thinking of the the way that they have it scripted initially and the way that it changes as the game mm-hmm. ebbs and flows and I I just think it's super intriguing. It's, oh, it's I think a chess it's, match. Oh, I think it's wild and just uh if you called one play yeah. and that's the play you ran. Now you're talking about Duel. now you call it in and then now the quarterback sees something. So check now, with me. Yeah, now yeah, then he has to check kill, kill something off like mm-hmm. all of that stuff all going on. Keep in mind, this is not like in the Ford Center. This is an AT and T Stadium. This is at MetLife. This is ninety thousand. Yeah, Lincoln Financial. At you. Like it's and 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 the, and there's just so many people that have to be on the same page, and they're not all right by you. You know, when you're checking and, and, and making <clears> different, like all it takes is like one thing for you to be off. The receiver runs the wrong way. Boom, pick six done. <laughs> Fast. Yeah. You know, like it's Game just over. like the littlest thing like that. There's so much nonverbal communication that takes yeah. place, and I love it. I absolutely love it like yeah. I, I can't it's hard for me just to watch football as just a fan <laughs> yeah. i just can't watch it as a fan i'm so analytical and kyle probably hates it because we sit in the studio <laughs> and i point i'm pointing out everything yeah. see it, it's funny because it is good give and take you point yeah. out everything that's happening in the football game correct and then i'm the one that's sitting there and i'm over analytical about everything <laughs> about that's the on bro- the broadcast guys, yeah <laughs> everything that happens on the broadcast Facts. nick hates it too yeah. because we'll be watching college football and he's like kyle shut up <laughs> kyle stop talking the, yeah. but you know what's kind of tough about that though i feel like for somebody that has your mind for that is that it's got to be tough watching like tv copy Mm-hmm. Because can't see everything. Like for NBA, you you see everything that's going on. Yep. All ten guys are on on, on the field together, um, and it's just with like football. I'm always constantly thinking of like what will be the future of football because yep. nobody. It's like just the way everyone evolves. No one's ever going to be like, no, no, no. We got enough. We don't need any more. No, everything has to continue to evolve. And right. the more people know, the more that people are going to want to see. And I don't know how you do that on TV if you have like a you know an end zone cam in the corner or something like that. But there's just so much more that you know. That it's you know we can see when you go back to the all twenty two like after the game and stuff like that. But when it's actually going on, it's so difficult to see all all the different aspects. And that's the reason why I love doing the color commentary because I'm able to inform it. That's like some of the greatest feedback that I receive from those preseason games that we do um, is informing the general public of the information that I have and relaying it to them so that they can feel more engaged, right? So that now when they're watching it, they're more informed. They're like, oh, okay, look at the leverage. Oh, they're able to start seeing the things that we're pointing out. And I have just too much, but it's also the biggest challenge Yeah, because I have all these things that I want to point out, but I can't. You know, it's another challenge, though, for (laughs) you, you though, too, is that in today's football, how much teams want to speed things up. It's not one of those things where it's like, yep. all right, play's over. Let's look at what, yeah. what happened here. Now now I can circle this and go on into that. Ball. Now It's like, boom, they're on the ball, yep. and here they go the next. I mean, God, what was I watching where they were talking about uh, how they like they love when they go back and watch the TV copy and – like you guys are a little bit behind because they know that they sped up the cadence and it and it, it's like if they watch TV copy and they see that you guys are like a little bit off on it, yeah. they love that because they know that that you know there's that give and take because they do not want it to be solid. Every time we go up to the line, this plays run like this, this plays run like they want it to be kind of quick. Yep. okay. Now we're going quick. No, now we're going to slow it down to keep you like off balance, off balance. like that. So it messes teams up the watch that yeah. the TV copy to see like, hey, are we speaking, throwing guys off? Speaking on that, NFL Plus, can y'all please put the down and distance on your all twenty two? <laughs> Please, that would be they nice. won't. Yeah, they don't Gosh. do it. 
It makes it so nice. hard for taking notes. That's that's uh, that's an innovation that we have yet to to get to. Jeez. But hey, maybe we could send a note. Maybe yeah. we could send him a letter. Yeah, All right. Was... Oh, hold up, real quick. I just thought of it. You know where it's from? I don't know if I'm supposed to share this oh. or not. So they do the quarterback. I mean, not the quarterback. So they do a coaching clinic every uh-huh. year for local high school coaches uh, at the start. Yeah. And so I went. I went to all of them. And uh, it's the Cowboys assistants talking, whatever. That's where it was at. They were talking to the coaches, the high school coaches, about how much they love when they when they watch the TV copy and when like the TV's off, like they're already going to the next play. And it, like especially if the camera can't get it in because yep. they're trying to explain something, love they love when they watch it. And I never would have thought that in a million That's years. That's really interesting. Challenges yeah. on, Kyle. It's it's us own. us in the truck. We got to yeah. make sure that I'm everybody's talking, on. like twisting the booth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second break. When we come back, we'll get to. Jim in Pasadena, and we'll answer a couple more text messages with more Talking Cowboys right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites in a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com. Black.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you. To Talkin' Cowboys. Welcome back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. All righty. Let's get to Jim in Pasadena. Jim, you're on Talking Cowboys. What's going on? Good morning, man. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I'm wondering about running back. If Pollard goes down in the first month, Ronald Jones isn't available. Vaughn and Lipke are gadget players, and I'm excited to see how McCarthy uses them. But neither are cowbell running backs. Does it concern you that we've only got one right now that can really be an every down back? Great question, Jim. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you as always. I'm calling Leonard Fournette in that situation. Sorry. Yeah, I appreciate the question. I don't agree with your stance in terms of we only have one real running back. I mean, all these guys are fully capable. It always comes down to how you're utilized and how much you're utilized. I mean, if you run Tony Pollard like you run freaking King Henry, he's going to be beat up too. Um, Deuce Vaughn is fully capable. I mean, people are disregarding him because of his size. Go look at his stats. Well, look at his stats. Actually, our our <laughs> text line question comes from Danny J in Washington D.C. We'll combine the two. Okay. He said, first off, go Ducks." Oh heck no! Sorry. <laughs> uh, secondly, he said, "What's a realistic stat prediction for Deuce?" So, kind of in the same along the same lines, what would be a good season for Deuce? This I, don't, year? I don't know what a good season. It depends on what the demand is. I mean, but like my question is, what can Deuce not do? Like everybody wants to yeah. wants to hate on his size. What can he not do? What do you, what is the what can Deuce do that that you expect another running back to be able to do? Pass, pass block, protects. pass protect. I mean, but, but he's he 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 plays above his size in that area. Don't yeah. get me absolutely. Wrong, so. He's willing to. Who, they, who's yeah. on this roster right now that you feel like can pass protect like Zeke? I nobody. Could be, I could nobody. Be, nobody. Nobody. So that's what I'm saying. So like yeah. at that point, like. Yeah. 
But I think Rico Dowdle's a better pass protector. Than... I agree. I, I don't know that I would love him in the situation of, you know, it's fourth and goal on the one and everybody's in. See, I love that. Yeah. I love that because the 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 typical ideology on the goal line is to have a big, you know, brawling Absolutely. back. Yeah, you know, Brandon opposite. Jacobs when I, when I was in New York, right? Yeah. Big Brandon Jacobs, a 6'4", 275. That's awesome. Okay? But the reality is those guys are like juggernauts. They take a minute to get going. Yeah. Right? What happens when you have a, a guy who that you can't see? Yeah. You can't see him. And it's not like he's not strong. The boy right. probably squats 500. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you have low center of gravity. You have agility. You have power. You can't see him. It's like a bowling ball. <laughs> it's a perfect scenario for goal line. Yeah. You're not. When's the last time you see somebody drag somebody across the goal line? Yeah. It, so, I'm saying people's ideologies are just, it's, it's, it's not realistic. It's not real. Nobody's getting hit at the five yard line or the three yard line and they're dragging somebody. Oh, yeah. I'm going to drag you across the goal line touchdown. It doesn't happen. No, a lot of times what you do is you get your quarterback and you get two guys on the side of him. <laughs> and push. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the one thing I was going to say is that it's running backs, the complete opposite of what we talked about earlier with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to get somebody. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there. It, you don't sit back. here. You can't sit here and talk about how devalued the position is, and talk about then how it's so tough to find one. Yeah. It, those don't work together. You'll yeah. be able to get somebody. Like I said, like Leonard Fournette. I know he's not the answer, end all be all. He's still not on a roster right now. He's clearly good enough to be playing in the NFL right now. There's, yeah. and, and 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 I'm not even talking just on their team. They they could make a move. If it came to something like that, where it was like Powers yes. out for the season, they, you can make a move for a running back. That is one position that you're easy. To yeah, you can find somebody. You feel okay. Uh, with. If it's a situation where Pollard only goes down for a couple, and that player of weeks. won't be Tony Pollard, by the way. I'm, I'm not saying that that next player up that you would get would oh, be absolutely. on Pollard's level. I was about I'm not to say, saying that you franchise tagged him for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that, but I'm just yeah. saying you'd be able to get someone that could at least be adequate. So yeah. go if Pollard went down for a couple of weeks and it's kind of during Ronald Jones' suspension, I, I would feel good about Rico stepping in and at least playing a couple of games. Not the long-term solution by any means, but I, I think he would be ready for that role. Yeah, yeah. The health I, has been the only thing with Rico. It has, yeah. For real. It really has. And so, he's well-rounded as a pass blocker. He yeah. can pass, good catch. Back. I mean, he's, yeah. he can do a significant yeah. amount of stuff. I really loved his pass protect in, in, um, yeah. in the preseason. Yeah, it was, he did a good job. It was job. a lot of fun. But I actually talked to him yesterday, and he was he's really excited about this opportunity. He's been saying all preseason that this is the biggest opportunity he's had since he's been here. Mm-hmm. And now he's one RB two, and he's still saying the same thing. So and I, he was I, always I like one that. of those guys that, like, when you would talk to Tony or Zeke because Rico would work out with them sometimes. You know, they would always mention his name. You wouldn't be even always. asking about him, but like they would bring him up. Like, no, you know, Rico too. You know, if he, you know, as long as he's healthy and stuff like yeah. that. And so it'd be that was that's the stuff that I always find interesting because obviously when you ask like a player a question. You know, there's always a part of you, like, are they just saying this, media-wise, whatever, like that, just to give you the right answer. But it's always when someone offers up something where, like, well, we really didn't ask about it. That's kind of interesting. Like, do you kind of just keep it in the back of your mind? Like, oh, that, that you know, that they're yeah. kind of mentioning this thing. Like, maybe that's something to keep, you know. So I think if Rico stays healthy, I think he can do the job for sure. I'm excited to see how this running back room works out. And our statistician extraordinaire, Chris Beam in the back, says that Darren Sproles had eight carries for 50 yards as a rookie. Over, under for Deuce. Real quick, go. For the season, for the yeah. season, his yeah. rookie season, he's going to get more than eight carries. Over, he might get he might get eight in the first game. So over, over. Yeah. <laughs> I am over, over <laughs> as well. All right, that does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Okay, we're not done with podcasts just yet. Be sure to tune in to Cowboys Storyline. It's the newest podcast. Nick Eatman does a phenomenal job. He's coming in here in a couple minutes. They get started at eleven a.m. Central Time. If you're listening to this on demand later, you can also find Cowboys Storyline on demand and give them a call at 888-855-2297. Let's get the calls rolling Let's for go. my man Nick Eatman yep. here in just a couple moments. But that does it for us on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. For Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. That does it for Say It With Your Chest Friday. It's game week the next time we're on air. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!